Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Gage. Some of you might know me from YouTube. I do have a YouTube channel. Um, so I'm here today with Jay. If you want to Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Jay. And yeah, we wanted to come on here because we wanted to do a podcast. It's funny because we just filmed this, but there was a lot of technical difficulties that we have to film the same thing over again. So I think we're both a little bit frustrated. But, but you know, I mean, we had a good conversation that you guys will never hear. So Yeah. Yeah, so as you will probably be able to tell, like, this is just like the first episode. We don't have a lot of structure. Um, we're kind of just talking from experience and just whatever comes out comes out um, so just like a really raw conversation between us um, that hopefully you guys will be able to enjoy and listen to she's randomly texted me one day and said we should do a podcast and I was like I think we should do I think um, there's a lot of value in having like two trans women do a podcast um, so that's what we are doing yeah. today's gonna be our first episode where we are going to be talking about like our coming out stories and how we evolved as people and eventually got to where we are today. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go first this time? Or do you want me to go first? Um, either or. I just wanted to add that, yeah, we, we started this and we just kind of wanted to talk, speak about like things regarding the community, things that we might find controversial, things that maybe we haven't talked about on our channel, just something that is easier to talk about with like another person. I feel like mm -hmm. there it, it'll be a really good conversation to have. Cause you know, if you see my videos or you see her videos and um, you see that like, you know, we, we discuss a situation where like by ourselves and then it's kind of hard to elaborate without someone else to like bounce off of. So we're doing the best we can. We're, we're on Skype right now calling. She lives all the way in California and I live in Florida. So we're literally a, like a whole country apart. Like, yeah. so, um, yeah, so we're going to do our best, and um, this might not be the best quality, but we really want to give you guys something that's different, and we really want to start this podcast and make it a great thing. So if you guys have any topics you want to hear us talk about, please feel free to like leave a comment or, or just reach out to us. And also, we don't have a podcast name. We've been really struggling. <laughs> we were thinking about going with Tranny, just Tranny. But, yeah, Tranny um, and all lowercase. Uh, that's but, it. Let us know if that's a good one. Um, we really, we really, we really don't know. So, oh yeah. So we're just gonna jump into this. We want to give a little introduction to ourselves. So starting off with like coming out stories, and I think it's really important because both of our situations are different, but there's still I don't know. It's it's cool to see two different perspectives on like a trans, especially a trans woman story, especially a trans woman of color story. So I, I think it'll be cool to kind of just give you guys some perspective. And um, a big thing before jumping into this also is that no two stories are ever the same. Like, um, no, none of us are going to be, there might be, we might have similarities in our stories, but no two stories are the same. So if you look at me and you see like, oh, well, she went through a lot. What if I go through a lot? Like, you can ne never really know unless you like, you know, go through the coming out experience, right? you know, in like your own story. So like, yeah, everyone's different. It's like my story is not going to be reflected on something that might happen to you. Same with Gage. You like it's really dependent on like your situation and your life and your standing with things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so jumping into my coming out story and kind of just how I was as a kid and how I grew up to realize that I was trans. Um, so I 
grew up in a city about half an hour away from Seattle. Um, so I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's traditionally, it's been a very liberal and like democratic place. Um, so if you think about it, like you would think that I would have come out really early and I was able to comfortably be myself and not be, um, I don't know, criticized or insulted by people growing up. But it was actually quite the opposite just because of how quiet and reserved and how much I kept to myself. It was also a different time, I feel like, when we both grew yeah. up. Yeah, it was definitely a different time. There was really no uh, like representation in the media, in any movies, TV shows, or anything like that for trans people. I mean, there are a few. Like, I think the first trans person that I actually saw on TV was Chaz Bono, like Cher's son. That was like the first trans person that I ever yeah, saw. I think me too. Like when the label trans was attached to it. Yeah, that was definitely my first experience with like someone. And it's so different from like a trans woman's perspective. Yeah, because when I saw him, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but like, I didn't feel that connection in a sense because he was going in the opposite direction as me. Like he was female to male, whereas I'm male to female. So it's like, it, it's kind of, it's it's nice to see, obviously, but it's not the same. Like it's not the same type of representation that I needed growing up. Um, but I think a big similarity in both of our stories is just that we kind of were able to find ourselves through YouTube. Um, I remember the pretty much the first time I started to question my gender identity and even my sexuality a little bit uh, was when I was like a little preteen, probably 12 or 13, 14-ish. Um, I went on YouTube. I discovered like the OG trans people like Princess Jules, Gigi Gorgeous. Um, we talked about Kim Petras too, because um, at the time she wasn't like a big pop star, but it, she became the youngest person in the world to ever get bottom surgery. So that was a really big thing in the news. Yeah, she was 16, I think, and she came out or when she had her surgery. And so I remember like seeing clips of her being interviewed about that. And I remember being absolutely like obsessed with her. I was like, wow, Kim Petras. And then like I kind of like forgot about her, but then like a few years later, now she's popping yeah, again. Yeah, she's literally the queen of everything. Literally. So good for her. Love that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um. So like I was saying earlier, I was pretty reserved and quiet my whole life before I transitioned. Um. Even though I was really quiet, I would have never explained myself or describe myself as being shy. Um, I do have like a lot of personality. I uh, I do consider myself pretty outgoing if I'm around the right people. But that just never happened when I was a kid pre-transition because I was so uncomfortable with the way that I looked, the way that I dressed, the way that people addressed me uh, in terms of my masculinity and all of that. So I was just very uncomfortable. I kept to myself a lot. I did not have a lot of friends. Um so because of that, the internet, YouTube, video games, and just like the virtual social world kind of became my reality to get away from the life that I had in real life. Um, just because I like I wasn't happy with who I was in real life, but online, as you know, you can pretty much be whoever you want. And it was a different time. So like catfishing wasn't like a huge thing. It was just like everybody kind of believed what you said. Like if I said I was a girl, like people were going to believe me. Um, so it was a different time online. So that's also a completely different video, just like 
playing games and the outlets that we discover that kind of help us understand who we are as people and figuring out our trans identities. Um, so like the virtual world was really big for me, it helped me a lot, it taught me a lot, exposed me to a lot of different lifestyles and identities that I never experienced in real life. Um, going back to what we said, like the representation, like in the early 2000s, even the late 2000s weren't the best for trans people. There were trans people here and there, but there was always like an underlying assumption that what they were doing was wrong. Like I could see that they were trans and that they were just like normal people. But at the same time, I feel like society brainwashes us to villainize them in a sense to where we recognize them and the struggles that they've been through. But at the same time, it's like, that's a choice that, you know, people, we shouldn't be making. We should just stay the gender that we're born or we should just be heterosexual or whatever. Um, so that's kind of how my brain operated growing up because I, my biggest fear was like just being different from everybody else. So I did pretty much everything in my power to, not stand out like I would wear the dullest clothes I would always cut my hair which I hated I had a, like a buzz cut literally my whole life and we were talking earlier about how we had like traumatic experiences with haircuts like we despise getting our haircuts it's so traumatic like honestly like it's just I think that was the biggest like just I don't know stressor for me but when I was like transitioning was like just cutting my hair and then it was never my choice on how I was going to cut my hair it was always like Same. my family's choice and it's, it's crazy that we we really don't, we didn't have a say, I feel like. I think that we're really similar in that, like, on who we were. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah, my dad always used to cut my hair. Um, so he was the one that pretty much dictated what my hair looked like, which I literally had, like, half a centimeter of hair. Um, and I used to always cry, and I would scream. And there were times, like, where he would ask me, like, why do you hate getting a haircut like he was genuinely genuinely confused as to why I was hating it so much and at the time I I even myself like I didn't know why I was so upset uh, now looking back I can tell it was just like the fact that cutting my hair so short made me feel more masculine and my masculinity has always been something that bothered me growing up just because I never felt like it was a right fit for me um, so just like something as simple as cutting my hair was like a traumatic experience for me. Um, so I basically did everything I could to blend in. I wore dull clothes, like I was saying. I cut my hair short. Didn't do anything outrageous. I kept to myself. Um, uh, after, I would say after I graduated high school, I started to realize that I missed out on like a lot of opportunities um, for like my social life because I was just uncomfortable with who I was so I didn't talk to anybody I didn't experience like any high school traditions like I didn't go to homecoming I didn't go to prom I didn't go to any dances I didn't do like the normal things that people do in high school like I didn't go to a crazy high school party or anything like that um, so I just realized like I was I'm missing out on a lot in life and these are a lot of things that I actually want to do but I'm just not comfortable and I, I need to figure out what I can do to make myself more comfortable so that I can do these things. And just through doing some research and watching a lot of videos online, I came to the conclusion eventually that I was trans. 
Um, so I think I figured that out probably when I was like 19 or 20. Um, ended up coming out my sophomore year in college when I was like 21. I was in like a cultural humanities class that talked a lot about like gender stereotypes and societal norms and all of that. And it just kind of helped me to realize that my whole life I'd basically been modeling who I was after what society wanted me to be and the box that I was supposed to fit into. And I was just kind of tired of that because I was miserable. I was lonely. I was missing out on life experiences that I feel like everybody goes through at certain points in their life. Um, So it was our final paper and we had to write a paper basically talking about like what we want our legacy to be after we are no longer here or what do you want people to say about you um, when you're gone? So I use that kind of as an opportunity to come out as trans. Um, I ended up getting 100% on the paper, by the way. Not hey. like honors, but like, <laughs> I really did that. Wow, um, she really snapped the wig. I did snap. Um, so I got, I felt good about that paper because I got a good grade. My teacher um, was really, like, she was really moved by my paper. Um, and that made me feel really good about myself because that was the first time like I let somebody know how I was feeling on the inside. Um, so I printed out two more copies of my final paper. I sat my parents down one day um, in the living room. That was literally the scariest day of my life. I planned on like coming out to them in the morning when they were both like not busy or working ended up taking me like six hours to build up the courage to tell my parents that I needed to talk to them. Um, but I sat them down. I read or let them read my paper and they luckily for me were very supportive. Um, I feel like they kind of already knew. I feel like a lot of parents know something is off about their kids or not off, but something is different um, about their kids growing up. Um, so they were both supportive. They're still really supportive and I'm lucky for that. Um, so that was kind of the start of my transition. Everything else after that was really fast. Like I came out not even a week later, I scheduled an appointment to see a gender counselor. I saw a gender counselor for a couple months and then I booked an appointment with an endocrinologist to get hormones. I started hormones and I have been on them for almost, uh, yeah, like three and a half years now. It's going to be four years in November. Um, I met my boyfriend almost two years ago, who I've been with since then. Ended up moving to California so that we could be together. And that is where I am now. I love that. Like, I, I don't know. I love that for me. <laughs> I feel like you've really like you've 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 gotten so much stronger. I feel like your time too, because I met you like, right? I remember reaching out to you because I, I watched a little bit of your vi- videos before coming out, or I had just came out, yeah. um, and I remember messaging you, and I, and I just just to see the glow up even from then to now, um, it, it's it's really cool. And like, yeah, I don't know if anyone knows that, but I literally, the the way that I reached out to Gage was um, I watched your videos, so then I found her Twitter. Um, and I remember showing um, Emily, Emily's my girlfriend. I remember showing Emily just your videos and I was like, wow, like I, like I really look up to this person. So then I ended up reaching out to them and then we became good friends through Twitter. And luckily you know, at the time you weren't as famous as you are now. No, but. I was just like a little baby. So I think I was like 
almost a year or barely a year on hormones and you were like six months ish. Cause I think I'm like six months ahead of you. Yeah. Um, so um, we were both like super early in our transition and that was like the first time anyone had ever messaged me. And I was like, this yeah. is so cool. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this, it was you, um, Alice and I, and we kind of yeah. like, we kind of became like this little, this little click. Yeah. I remember you like putting, you were like, you should reach out. You should talk to Alice. Cause she's like another girl. And like, I don't know, I think we could all be friends. I remember you sending me her info. Alice is a friend of ours, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, yeah, you guys are, we're both amazing. And like, we've been pretty good friends since. And mm. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really happy about that. But yeah, our, our, our whole, like, I don't know, coming out stories are very, I feel like different, but there's like so much similarity in our struggle. Mm-hmm. So like, for me, like, yeah, I was, I was raised, um, I'm Mexican. I'm full Mexican. My dad came from Mexico and my mom was born in Alabama. But the reason she was born in Alabama was because her parents were working in fields and then she ended up growing up working in fields as well. But my dad came to the States when he was like 14 illegally, (laughs) but um, he's a citizen now. Um, But anyways, yeah, he did come and he worked his ass off and then ended up meeting my mom because my well, I'm telling you guys a life story of me, but he ended up meeting my mom because he, my dad ended up worked for my mom's dad. So that's how they met. And um, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see like, like, so that's kind of like where my Mexican culture stems from. They're both very Catholic. And so I was raised in like that mindset. So I was raised in South Carolina too. So like you have like pressures. I grew up with pressures from the Catholicism, the Mexican culture, as well as like Southern culture. And like, it was really difficult for me to come to terms with my identity. So like, I, yeah, I grew up in the deep South, South Carolina. I lived there for about 10 years and then I ended up moving to Florida. And throughout that entire time, I always experienced like this, like this, I remember being really young, being really dysphoric. I had older sisters that I really looked up to and I just admired that I, I admired the fact like, everything about them, everything that I couldn't be. Because even from a young age, I was, there was these gender stereotypes that were just placed on me. Like as soon as my dad like left my mom, there was like this, this pressure my mom put on me. It was like, you're the new like man in the house. And it was, it was those like subtle things, like microaggressive things that build up over time that kind of shape us as, as people. And it's, it's really harmful. And I feel like a lot of people don't know but like even like before you having a kid, like planning out their future based on their gender, like that happens. And like it, it's frustrating to me because like, yeah, I struggled so much because like I grew up seeing my mom go through a lot, like a divorce, her, her parents both passing away. And I just felt this pressure to keep her happy. And so looking back, like I really wish that I, I didn't put so much attention on my mom and just lived my life. But yeah, there was a lot of pressure of succeeding. There was a lot of pressure of being the ideal, like Catholic Mexican, like son, I guess. So I felt really just trapped. And so growing up, I it was really hard for me to kind of put to words how I was feeling. I did turn to YouTube. That was like my big, big, big outlet for me to like, I don't feel more comfortable in my own skin. The big trans YouTuber was Princess Jaws, like queen and icon. Princess like, Jaws yeah, is the queen. She, I don't know, um, just, yeah, and it's crazy to think that, like, what, like, to, we're, we're what Princess Jewels was to us, to, for some people now, mm-hmm. like, people watch us the way that we watch Princess Jewels, like, right before our transition, and it's, 
it's really cool to see that because she was like such a an instrument to like me coming to terms with myself. The same with Gigi Gorgeous, the same with like other trans, like early trans YouTubers. I was really, I was really moved by, by them. Even um, Angela <laughs> Vanity and um, yeah. uh, what's her, the, her other name? Uh, or the, Elena. 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 I think it's just like, because at that point, most of the people that you know now, like Princess Jewels, Gigi Gorgeous, um, all the other trans YouTubers, like they were not transitioning at that moment. And I think that's what clicked for us because we were able to see them kind of figure it out as well. And then they started to figure out and then we started to figure out that we're a lot more similar to them than we thought we were. And that was really beneficial. So it just goes back to representation, like seeing trans women figure out their identity and then transition and then share it and be authentic online helped us and probably other girls as well. Yeah. And boys. Like- representation on it but it's so important because you you really don't know because like I like when I was younger I would I remember seeing people like like Jeffree Star who isn't trans but just seeing their like them expressing femininity while being like a a, a boy or seeing people like drag queens and like seeing them express femininity it always made me confused because I just I knew what I felt and I knew that I wanted to express more like my like femininity I knew I wasn't who everyone told me I was. I knew I wasn't a boy, quote unquote. But um, uh, so that's why it was always so tro- like troubling for me. Like when I would see like like more feminine guys, I'm like, well, maybe that's how I'm feeling. I always try to justify myself, like all this stuff. But there wasn't a lot of representation. So I didn't really put into words that I was trans until like middle school. I like started watching interviews with other trans people, seeing hormone videos. And yeah, I really became so focused on it. And then finally, when I like announced to myself that I was trans, I like I had to take a second to breathe, and I and I told myself like yeah like I I'm trans and and I finally admitted to myself, and I was like yeah like pretty young when I feel like I put those things like those words to it, but I remember the first person I told that came out to someone, it was in eighth grade, and it was this girl that it was a good friend of mine, and she was very religious, so but I, it, she was a friend of mine and in middle school. You don't really think about stuff like that. And so I told her and like, she like completely like stopped talking to me after that. She like told me all this stuff, like basically it was like against the Bible and like really like blew up on me. And in eighth grade, like being impressionable, like, like that, like really affected me. And so I feel like that was a big thing where I was like, well, maybe this is wrong. And so I kind of kept it in more. And then I was, as I was going through puberty, it became so difficult because all the people I surrounded myself with, like all my cousins and stuff, they were all growing up with me. And then conversations changed from like these innocent, like kid conversations where you play. It's like more serious ones where they're talking about like, like women and sex and like they're trying, they're trying to be super masculine. They want to go to the gym. Like they're like, you're surrounded by these people. And like, there's all this pressure for you to like be this masculine figure. And then watching your body change, it just, it gets, it got really, really hard for me. And then so I kind of I I pushed a lot of people out of my life and I kind of let myself live in this little bubble and I only allowed a few people in it. And I eventually formed like a band. I made some friends and I ended up making music. And that was kind of like like the thing that kept me like, OK, and like kept me moving throughout like high school and whatever. And like it was the only thing that really I try to just focus on that and nothing else because I was going through a lot. 
and there is this like a lot of like this internalized transphobia that I like, I've always had on myself where where like when I was younger I was so scared to like wear like clothing that I thought looked more feminine so like things like colored pants thing like pants are like they're like blue I had like these like off red pants that I, I used to wear but I remember like before going out like doing a double take in the mirror like is this too feminine like what if what if someone like can like see through what I'm like I don't know it was like subtle things and it was it was really really hard because like I hated myself for such a long time because I thought everything that I was feeling was a sin it was against my religion it was against my family all my friends I thought I was going to just destroy everything I wasn't really living for myself I felt like I was continuously living for everyone else and so going through high school I eventually told more and more people like close friends of mine but no one really like no one really talked to me about it like no one really was I felt like there for me about it and so I like would talk about it I'd bring it up and then it kind of be shut down and the conversation would just move on and nothing progressed because I just I thought that I was annoying people by talking about it. I thought it was freaking people out. So I really, I really internalized it, and it was so painful. And I ended up like dating like someone my senior year, and they had such a huge problem. They, they guilted me. They made me feel so insecure about it. They continuously were like, like saying, "You don't love me if you feel this way. Like you're gay," and like it really, really, it made me just hide even longer. And it was so tough because. I remember one time I like put on like 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 feminine jeans like I think they're my sister's jeans and I I went up to my mom and I like I was right behind she was like sitting in front of the TV and I was right behind the couch and I was literally gonna be like look and like kind of like joke but also like come out to her I remember specifically I was like I can't take it anymore I'm coming out to her and this was like in middle school and then like right before I was like hey she didn't hear me and then all of a sudden I freaked out and then I ran back. So she didn't see me, but that would have been the time that I came out, but I missed the opportunity because I, I chickened out. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so by my senior year, I finally met my current girlfriend. It was the end of my senior year and I talked with her about it. And instead of like pushing it away or putting me down about it, she really supported me. She was really there for me and she really helped be someone that I could talk about these feelings with. And she really, like, I don't know, we ended up starting dating, and she just was such a vital person within my transition. She supported me no matter what decision I made, and she made me just really comfortable with who I was. And then so we graduated. Um, she ended up moving to Gainesville, Florida. Um, and so for a semester, we were apart. And then finally, I decided to move up there with her. And that's kind of when I started my transition, when I moved to Gainesville, when I got to be my own person. My senior year, my when I graduated, uh, like I told myself, like this is the last thing I'm doing for my mom is walking across this stage and cutting my hair. So literally, it was May 15th, 2015. I, I cut my hair for my mom, and that's the last time I cut my hair. So because I I I, I wanted to live for myself past um, my senior year. So and then I have, and my hair has grown out. I started my transition. When I got to Gainesville, uh, I started it May 20th, which is funny, like a year after I started growing my hair out, May 20th of 2016. And so I've been on hormones for like, it's it's going on three years now, which is crazy. I know. (laughs) I feel so old. It feels like I just blinked. But yeah, the coming out process was difficult because um, I was basically, I was outed. My cousin read something I wrote on Tumblr because I kind of came out on Tumblr because I wanted 
to kind of announce it before officially coming out. And then he told his sister who I told my mom, and then I became the gossip of the family. But luckily I wasn't living at home. So I had the support of my girlfriend, but it still was hard because I had pushed away everybody because I wanted to transition. And even today I still have this guilt of transitioning, but yeah, that's basically what happened. I was outed. My mom still isn't really a big supporter of me. Um, we talk, but it's, it's still, it always ends in fights and, there's just like a lot of, a lot of, of, you know, trouble with just getting through to her. My dad, on the other hand, has been pretty supportive. I was really shocked with how supportive he was. We've kind of rekindled a relationship that we didn't really have. And it's really sweet to see him being supportive, or at least trying to be more than my mom. But yeah, there's been a lot of hardships because I pushed a lot of people away. I pushed all the old people I used to talk to growing up. I don't really talk to anymore. And it was mainly because I was I didn't want anyone to tell me what I could and or couldn't do. I wanted to officially be myself. And I thought, I thought that too many people had strings attached to me and I was living for too many people. So I just wanted to start fresh. And that's kind of why I moved to Gainesville. And yeah. And I, I'm, I'm happy now. I mean, fast forward three years later, things could be better and I could like relationships could be better, but ultimately I, I'm, I'm happy with, with who I've become and, and everything that I stand for today. My girlfriend and I are still together. She's still my biggest supporter and I'm, I'm just really happy to have that in my life. Yeah. So we both survived. We both kicked ass. <laughs> um, we made it through like that awkward stage where you don't really know how like who you are as a person and then slowly start figuring it out and then meeting some difficulties obviously they were different um but I think for the most part like the coming out process and coming to terms with who you are is a little bit similar for a lot of trans people um we I feel like attach ourselves to like a specific thing mine was like video games and being online yours was music I think yeah yeah it was um just like creating and making music it really was what like inspired me to just keep pushing through everything I even I remember playing games too when you said it earlier I was like oh my god I, I used to get sims and I would always be the, the woman oh my character. god I love the sims I made myself look so pretty honestly I always get a husband and have children <laughs> you, you wooed I woohooed like all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, no, I used to play I used to play skate too. You can make you can be a girl character. Oh my god. I, I used to play Tony Hawk. Yeah, and then it was yeah, I remember doing that. I played Pokemon, I would always be the girl character. Yeah. And like uh, my brother would just be like, What are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? And I would always be like, I'm just I'm just I'm just, you know, having I'm just goofing around, I'm just joking. And like I would always just make up That's a lie. That's literally what I did. Like people always used to say, like, why are you picking a girl? And I would always make up some stupid excuse like, um, I like the way that she fights or she's like really fast, like faster. Yeah, than she's guys. more agile because she's smaller. Yeah. yeah, like the girls literally were trash. I just wanted to be cute. <laughs> and pretty. Exactly. No, the same. Like it just like those kind of things, too, that you felt represented almost. You felt like yeah. it was a way to escape. And yeah, for me, like writing music was that like I was able to write songs about like how I was feeling and like. And like, it was, it was really cool to kind of see, to see the development. And yeah, as a kid, it, it's interesting to see like what we attach ourselves to. And like, like knowing that, like when I was younger, I used to, you know, I used to 
I, don't, I always like wanted like more feminine things. I was always like that, but like there's all this societal pressure that you have to, you know, like this certain thing. So I always try to mimic what my brother was because I have an, an older brother and I always try to mimic what he was and try to be the person. So I would always get the same haircut he got. I would always, you know, do everything. He skateboarded, I skateboarded. He played video games, I played video games. Like I literally did everything to just be him. And and I wasn't living my for myself. I was living to be someone else that someone wanted me to be. So yeah, it just, it became something difficult. Yeah, like nothing... I feel like nothing in my childhood was like natural in a sense that everything that I tried to be or everything that I wanted to be as like a man, I guess, was because that's what I thought that I was supposed to be based on societal norms and things that people have told me and all the movies and TV shows that are like constantly pushing like gender stereotypes. Um, like I modeled myself after what I thought I was supposed to be. And it, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I, I want to cut my hair. I want to wear this outfit. It was never a factor of if I wanted to do it. It was more of I felt like I needed to in order to be normal and not yeah. get made fun of. Do you, did you ever feel like an attachment to the Little Mermaid in, by any chance? Because I feel I like I didn't personally. I know a lot of trans people feel that attachment just because of her lower, like her lower half. She doesn't have gender. Yeah, I've always heard that like people, like a lot of trans women are attached to like mermaids and stuff like that because, because like of that, like that. Yeah, there's no genitalia attached, and it's crazy thinking back because I remember putting my like legs through pillowcases and oh like God, like when I, I was a kid, do that all. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do pillowcases. I used to like put both of my legs through like a pair of shorts like the same pant leg and pretend I was wearing a skirt oh my oh no I used to do that too you know what I, this is this is silly but like I oh my never mind I'm not gonna tell this story this is kind of embarrassing oh my god but I used to just like get my underwears and ride them up like I was wearing like like smaller underwear okay you know same I, mean? I did that like, like roll them yeah that's what I did so I put like, towels and dish rags on my head to make it seem like I had long hair like, I did all of that weird mm-hmm. stuff. Well, it's not weird. It's just, like, that's what we wanted to look like, but we weren't able to. Yeah, we really – and, like, I had older sisters, so, like, growing up and seeing them kind of become, like, like women and, like, you becoming the exact opposite, mm-hmm. it, like, it was, it was difficult. Like, not that saying that, like, because I grew up with women is the reason I'm trans, because that's definitely not the case – but um, I just, but growing up and seeing like this, like femininity, just like in front of you, it's like, I, I really just really admired it. And I really wanted, you know, that, that feeling to, I wanted to be able to express myself like that. I mean, growing up, I just surrounded myself with women. I was always close with like, and a lot of close friends that were girls and, and it was difficult. Cause like, and especially with like understanding the difference between gender identity and sexuality, because I, I had an attraction, I felt like, towards, like, both ends. Like, especially younger, I felt like it was easier for me to talk about, like, an attraction towards, like, a boy. But then when I got older and more gender stereotypes put a lot of pressure on me, it became really difficult to really say that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been, you know, it's kind of a struggle with my identity and my gender, my ide- gender identity and my sexuality. There's always been a weird struggle that I've had to kind of understand how I felt. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm still figuring it out today, but for the most part, like, like it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's something that I've always had 
trouble with and being young and not understanding it's something that like really it's just it's interesting to look back on yeah that just adds a completely more complex layer to the whole figuring out who you are thing just first you have to figure out like how do I identify as a person like I don't feel like a man so am I a woman and then at the same time you also are questioning like okay so what does that mean for my sexuality do I like men do I like women does that mean I'm gay does that mean I'm straight so just like builds a whole new wall that you have to overcome like when I was growing up I I was I've always been attracted to like men but for some reason like I never like saw myself as gay that okay I heard like, someone else say that like you no. feel that too oh 100 percent. and like it like really clicked with me because I was I was with another like trans like girlfriend of mine and um she uh she lives here in in Gainesville and she was talking to me about like her sexuality and stuff and she she said that the more when she transitioned she felt more comfortable you know identifying her attraction towards like men mostly because like when she was a boy she couldn't stand the thought like not, she was like, I'm like not trying to be homophobic or anything like yeah, that, same. but I couldn't stand the thought of me like being with a gay man. Mm-hmm. And like, and so it's so much easier for like me, like I didn't like at the time I identified uh, when I, before transitioning, I was a straight male. That's how I identified. And um, it's easy to be attracted to women when that's pushed on you so much. And then so understanding that there is an attraction to men, it just it gets easier the more that you are allowed to be yourself. And so that's kind of where my struggle comes in. It's like, I've, you know, my entire life, I was pushed this ideal. So like, since like coming out, though, it has been easier for me to identify that attraction towards men. Because I've always had it. I've just always, you know, hid it away. And like, like we were saying, like, um, yeah, I just couldn't imagine me being with another guy in like a gay relationship, because that's not, yeah, that's not how I felt. Yeah. Like, I remember... When, like, a celebrity or somebody that I thought was attractive would come out as gay, like, I would get disappointed as if, like, they, be, them being gay meant they weren't going to be attracted to me, even though that's I so, was, like, a boy. <laughs> that's so funny, because I, I felt that way with, like, um, like women. Like, when I saw women, when they came out as gay, I would get really excited for them. And um, I just, I always had an attraction. Like, I was, like, really happy when, like, when, like, women came out as gay, because I felt, like like, almost, like, I like associated with them mm-hmm. so like it, it's cool to see that like yeah like I I don't know it, it's fun yeah and like in romance movies and stuff like that like I, I was always like so emotionally invested in the girl and her relationship with a guy me like too. every time I played a game it was always like a girl with a guy it, I never like created like a gay relationship in a game because I just yeah. didn't feel like I was a gay man but yeah. I didn't know what I was at that point, and that's what made it more confusing. That yeah, I think I felt I felt the same in the sense of like I've just always been drawn to like just like relate like I don't know like very romantic things like the like seeing like men and women together. I was always really drawn to that, mm-hmm. but I was, but I was also really drawn to like 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 women together. It was it's something that like was really difficult because at the same time it's like well, am I attracted to two women together? Like when you're younger, it's like like is that what it is? Like and then you kind of have to start like putting the pieces together. Like both of those things like can intertwine and, and yeah, I've kind of, it's been weird. I don't really know what my sexuality is. I mean, we can dive into this like in future, in a future podcast. Yeah. Like I just kind of refer to myself as queer as just the umbrella term, just as like, but like as now, like I'm in a relationship, I'm happy. I'm with my girlfriend. So it's not something that really like bothers me 
Um, but I did have a lot of like struggle, like just identifying myself as, as something since coming out because I, I feel like I've grown so much and I, and gender identity and, um, sexuality are both very fluid. So things can like change from like today to tomorrow and like, and that's okay. And that's something I'm still trying to accept for myself and just figure things out. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that we talked about that we can deep dive into later and actually like devote a whole episode specifically just to talking about that. Uh, but if we talked about it now, we'd literally be here for like three hours. <laughs> no, ex- exactly. Um, but I think I think we've rambled long enough. So I mean, with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this like first episode. Like like I said earlier, like we don't have a name, so if you guys can think of a name, maybe let us know. We're really yeah. I think leaning towards tranny just because it's the tranny podcast <laughs> with um, Gage and Jay. Your name has to come first because you're more famous than I am. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you guys for watching or listening, and I really appreciate it. I hope this podcast went well. I hope nothing cut out this oh time. Oh, my God, I'm literally praying right now that nothing I'm, happened. No, literally, I'm crossing my fingers. But it looks good. I didn't, like, open my computer or anything. But yeah, so with that being said, I'm going to end the recording, and I hope you I hope you guys enjoy this. We're going to, I think, alternate these podcasts on each other's channels. And then once I think we figure out a name and stuff, I'm going to start putting them on, like, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So uh, look out for that. I just want to be able to kind of get a name first and then create an account. So I think this first episode is just going to be exclusively on YouTube. So, yeah. Do you have anything to say? Um, no. Just thank you for listening. If you managed to get through the whole podcast, um, thank you. That means a lot to us because we. this is obviously the second time that we've recorded it. Um, but I think it's it's good for us to have this podcast. It's definitely something new that I think could help potentially a lot of people depending on who watches it. Um, like I said, or like we mentioned earlier, we're not professionals at the moment. Um, so again, thank you guys for bearing with us as we kind of figure it out as we go. I think it makes us more humble that we're on here, you know, trying our best admitting that we can. have flaws and make mistakes um, yeah. because one day we're, we're, we're literally famous you know, we can look back on it. Yeah, just, you know, just hear my tranny voice and be trannyphobic. I mean, yeah. tranny, what, what am I saying? <laughs> I don't even, who are, like, popular podcasts? Um, I don't know. I, oh, I listen to so many. But, but we they're can, all we can, about to be canceled when we come in the game. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to kill the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. That's but, yeah, fun. if you guys want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, um, my handle is J-A-E-O-N-O-E-L, so J-O-Noel, and Gage is? Mine is Gage, G-A-G-E-E-L-L-E, on everything, Instagram, Twitter, follow me, Thanks. Yeah, and then, yeah, just um, subscribe to us on YouTube. I'm also going to put all the links in the description for this video, audio thing, so you can follow us on our YouTube channels. Um, and, yeah, thank you guys for supporting us always, and we'll see you guys in the next podcast. Goodbye. Bye.